0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email me, talk at WDAY.com. I, I want to get right into it. We uh, we had an eventful uh, eventful weekend in terms of the Dakota Access Pipeline, unless you've been living under a rock. I'm sure you've heard the Obama administration uh, so I, I, it, it was the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers uh, that announced it, that they weren't going to issue an easement. I don't have any question in my mind that the directive for that came from the Obama administration. But anyway, to, to help us understand that, to help bring some clarity to this, I'm uh, going to have on uh, Brigham McCown. He was one of America's top uh, regulators for things like pipelines uh, in the past, former head of the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. Uh, he's on the program. And Brigham, uh, first of all, thank you for your time. And second, when, when I heard this, am, am, am I wrong to think that this came from the Obama administration? Because my understanding is that the Corps had – I mean they approved this crossing. The only thing they hadn't done yet is issued the, the easement. So for them to now say, well, we're going to look for a different route to different crossing – that's going back on their their previous settlement. To I me, mean, that that had to have come from outside of of
1: the Army Corps.
0: Is, is that? I mean, is that a sound analysis? <laughs> Rob, uh,
1: it's great to be back on your show. Thanks for having me. And yes, you are absolutely correct. The uh, typically these permits, um, they're pretty routine, right? So uh, they're issued normally by. The Army Colonel over the region. He resides in uh, Omaha, and usually he does it. And this uh, announcement didn't come from him, but came from an assistant secretary uh, of the Army out in Washington, D.C. So this is very much a political decision. It's a kick the can down the road. Um, you know, it's, 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 Look, it's what's expected, I think, by the current administration. But you're right; uh, these all these these folks have put a pipeline in the ground. It's already in the ground, except for this thousand feet or so river crossing. So they are not going to tear up hundreds of miles of pipeline, which they put down in reliance of the Corps saying go ahead, uh, in order to have their minds changed. I see this as a temporary deal.
0: Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. You want to join the program? Eight 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 nine seven zero. Nine three two nine. If you want to join the program, uh, let me let me ask you uh, let me let me ask you this because uh, the the expectation is um, the expectation is that when when Donald Trump comes into office that that he's going to be favorable to the pipeline. So from a regulatory perspective, how I mean is is this something what the court has done now? Is this something that they can just walk back? And and, and to that point. I thought it was very interesting when I was reading the core statement on this that one thing that they made very clear is that by, by saying they're now going to consider new routes, they made it clear that they were not necessarily saying that there was anything wrong with the existing route that they right. had chosen. I, and I, I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but you know they said <laughs> that. We're not saying we did anything wrong before, but now we're going to look at other routes. So that to me means, well, the window's still open. I mean, when Trump comes into office, can he just walk this back?
1: Well, the window is still open, and I think lawyers are still trying to figure out exactly what this means. But they, uh, they did not revoke the previous finding uh, of no significant impact. And I, I think that's important, and uh, we'll have to wait and see how things go. And, uh, you know, my guess is, based on what President-elect Trump said as a candidate, was that he, need, he wanted to reinvest in our infrastructure. He wanted to rebuild our infrastructure and he specifically mentioned projects like this. So uh, once he's in office on January twentieth, I suspect he's going to take a hard look at this project.
0: Right. And, and I mean, obviously, Donald Trump. And, and I'm asking more from just a just a procedural. I mean, I don't I don't know what Donald Trump's going to do. It seems likely, but right. you know, you and I could guess, and that's just speculation. But from a procedural, I mean, does the president have the power to just say? hey what was done before we're just going back to the old route i'm mean, he? i mean is it easy is it he just writes an order i mean how how does that work
1: yeah well you know when you're the president you can do things and uh, uh same same argument when you're no longer the president you can't do things anymore so uh if if uh, the president's team said uh, we're going to study it uh the next president's team could say we've studied it enough and here you go here's your easement. so uh Uh, I think it's within their discretion to grant the easement or not, but, uh, you know, given the fact that um, the permit had come through before and then was sort of withdrawn in in reliance of the pipeline, I I think the Corps is going to be in a difficult spot politically and legally uh, to make a different decision. And and I've talked to the Standing Rock tribe. They're very nice people, and it boils down to they don't want a pipeline near them. I, I get that, but you know, if we all didn't want things near us, we couldn't get anything ever built. And the truth is, uh, you know, rail, that crude oil is moving by rail right now across the reservation and across the same river. It'd be a lot safer to put it in a pipeline.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. 701 What does this mean? And I, I, this is something I, I think I've, I've heard you say and, and some others, but I, I, I want to I really want to button this down because, you know, we can all have a debate about the Dakota Access Pipeline and its merits and how the tribe thinks about it. And that's that's great. That's what we should do in a free society. What I'm worried about, though, is what this means for the rule of law, because in this case, you have a pipeline company. They invested billions of dollars. I think by by my analysis, it, they, they were extremely scrupulous, scrupulous about following the law. We're very responsive to concerns about impacts on on different areas, or you know, culturally significant areas, or environmentally sensitive areas. It seems to me like this is a pipeline company that spent billions of dollars trying right. to do this the right way, only to have the federal government moving the goalposts on them at at the zero hour. I mean, right when we're almost done, we're about ready to you know, they were expecting by the end of this year to be pumping oil uh, through this pipeline. What does this mean for for the rule of law in in these sort of processes? I mean, when when we start looking at investment in in future infrastructure down the road, have we harmed our ability to to do these sorts of projects in America?
1: Well, I think clearly we've harmed ourselves uh, as we sit here today, because the one thing when you're investing in a project, whether it's a building, whether it's, uh, you know, a private airport or pipeline infrastructure or rail, all of which is private, uh, it sends a, a... really bad message and it has a chilling effect if if people who are going to invest in these projects think a with political wins the project can be held up indefinitely b even if i have permission to go forward somebody can yank it out from underneath of me what it says is why would i invest in these infrastructure projects if it's going to be a a circus and i probably wouldn't want to dakota access i think is losing uh, a million or two a day on this thing right now. So uh, yeah, it sends a horrible message. And our whole institution is set up that career employees, career civil servants are supposed to make these decisions so that they're not influenced politically uh, for this very reason. And the rule of law, I would suggest, is not being maintained. And we need to go back to that. And I, I think Trump is a law and order kind of guy. And I think you'll see this manipulation end here pretty quickly.
0: 701 We have a caller on the line. Carol, you're on with uh, Brigham McCown. What's up, Carol?
2: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a question, or I, I think it's a question. Everybody's been talking about the rule of law all along and how the protesters had to get back because the law was on the other side or something. Since the pipeline company never had an easement there, and they don't now, and they've been told they need an environmental impact study, which I guess is a whole lot more of a study than what has been done. Don't they have to remove their equipment since they're there with no easement and no permit?
0: Thanks for the call, Carol. What's the answer to that? I know a lot of the pipelines yeah. actually on private property. So it's, I think sometimes when they say a new route, you know, the, yeah. the core doesn't really have a say over all that private property. We're talking about the river crossing, right?
1: Right, and, and and keep in mind, the Corps actually doesn't have jurisdiction over the river crossing. The river itself is under state jurisdiction. The Corps has jurisdiction over the the uh, the area, the the um, the flood areas, floodplain areas on the east and west bank. And it's about I don't know six or seven hundred feet on the west bank and three hundred and so feet on the east bank. All the equipment is on private property. None of that equipment's on Corps property, as opposed to the three thousand protesters that are on Army Corps land, despite an order to leave by the Army Corps, and despite an order not to build any structures on our public land, they're doing all that. So if anybody is actually breaking law, it's the protesters, not the company. But, uh, you know, the only thing the Corps is looking at is that little tiny sliver of land that they own. And they've already done the environmental assessment, and they've issued a finding of no significant impact. So... Uh, that's kind of where things are. This is where we're stuck.
0: Th- thanks for the call, Carol uh, Brigham. What, last question: What, uh, if, if you had to, if you had to guess how this is going to play out under a Trump administration? Uh, how, how is this going to go? I mean, is, is this pipeline going to get built?
1: Well, I mean, it's uh, you know, you never want to say never. I, uh, I, uh, I would think that when you when you take the emotion out of the argument and you just look at the facts. Uh, And by the way, there is another pipeline right next to this one. It was built in the 1980s. There is another pipeline immediately adjacent to this one. It's natural gas, not crude oil, but all of this research on what's under the land has already been done. Uh, Let me throw that out there. When you look at all the facts like that and the facts that the reservation has 10 to 12 million gallons of crude oil going across it every day, but yet this pipeline that's outside of the reservation is a problem, uh, the facts all add up that the pipeline should get approved, and I suspect it will. But I do think we need to do a better job of taking everyone's concerns uh, sure. into account when we yeah, move forward with, with these future projects. I
0: agree with that. And it's, it, you, you brought up that other pipeline. I had heard somewhere, and you could tell me there's been so many rumors, and I, I have no idea if this is true or not. Somebody <laughs> had told me that, yeah. that the Dakota Access could cross the river using that existing pipeline's easement. Is that is that a thing?
1: Uh, no, they'd still have to have a permit. To, well, you know, if they, could put, if they could put the pipeline in within the existing easement right away, there's an argument they could, but if I were the core I would say different use. It's not a crude oil pipeline. It's a natural gotcha. gas pipeline, so okay. we still need to study the different effects. But there are half a dozen other crude oil and refined product, meaning gasoline and diesel fuel pipelines that cross the Missouri River upstream, of uh, the area that we're talking about, so look, we have hundreds of thousands of, of, of river crossings with pipelines. Think about it: if we couldn't cross a river, we couldn't move anything. Right. So <laughs> you know, that's that's just look, folks. That's not a real argument. I, 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 as the guy that used to regulate all this stuff, including planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, that's that's just not a very good argument.
0: Mr. McCallum, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much.
0: That's Brigham McCown, former head of the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. More to come straight ahead on the Rob Report. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine away. Welcome back, Rob Report. WDAY. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Talking about the latest on the Dakota Access Pipeline. We've got Marnie on the line. Go ahead, Marnie. What's up?
2: Hi, I'm talking about the rule of law. Under the rule of law, we'd have to look at the contract at issue and the rights granted by the contract. And I looked into it, and it seems like the 1851 Treaty of Fort Laramie is the contract between the two nations that are involved, the U.S. and Indian country. Yeah, and, and not, uh,
0: not not just the 1851 Treaty. There's also the the later treaty as well, but yes.
2: But okay, so under the the original contract, for sure, and it's my understanding under the later one as well, the Native American land goes up to the river, up to the Missouri River, and then either includes in whole or in part the river itself. That part wasn't clear to me whether it went halfway across the river or stopped at the border of the river or where that went. But it's my understanding that the Army Corps prior to this ruling looked into it and admitted admitted that there's no right of easement. you know, on any of that land covered by the treaty. So it would be up to the Standing Rock Sioux tribe if they wanted to sell that right of easement. So, I mean, a developer who wants to develop needs to know the law and needs to know the underlying contracts and then well, needs to be prepared well, here's, here's, to pay millions, if not billions, for a right well, that doesn't exist.
0: Well, here's you know, here's the thing, is that the, the, this has actually already been challenged in court. Uh, back in the 80s, the Sioux took the matter. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court found that the federal government broke the treaties, which is absolutely true. The, the federal government's treatment of the, the Great Sioux Nation at that time was horrendous. Um, and so th- they broke the treaty, and the Supreme Court ordered the federal government to uh, compensate the tribes uh, for, for a taking. Now, the tribes have not taken that money. That is an ongoing dispute. But here here's the matter as it is today, and, and this is hardly the first pipeline that has crossed the Missouri River, uh, is, is that... Today, the court has say over that. Now, if 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 the tribe wants to challenge in court and, and make a make an issue out of that in court, they're welcome to. I don't know that they raised that this specific issue, and I've read their lawsuit and I've read the filings in their lawsuit over this specific pipeline, and they they're not making the argument that that you're making here, unless I'm missing something. So,
2: you're if if, 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 the, if, the, if the suit if
0: the suit well maybe if if the suit tribe wants to raise that in court. They're certainly welcome to, but as it stands today, I, I don't think you could blame the pipeline company for planning their, their project and their pipeline in accordance with, with how the federal government views views that land today and, and the legal disposition of that land today, which is at the Corps of Engineers, gets, gets the say. If um, I were
2: a shareholder, let alone the CEO, I would say we're taking an unnecessary risk given that the status of the law is not resolved with respect to easements, the takings, and so forth. I mean, since there's already an admission in a ruling by the Supreme Court, which I wasn't aware of because I hadn't gone far down this path and in looking into this, but yeah. um, that you know that the government has violated the contract, then the developers on notice, like, hey, you're walking into a mess. Well,
0: the, well, <laughs> the, 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 the 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 see, but here's the thing, though: is is the court the, the Supreme Court ruled that it was a taking? The Supreme Court, as far as the the, the courts are concerned, that issue settled. The land belongs to either the private owners or the federal government, and and as it stands today, the tribe doesn't have any claim to that. Now, maybe they have some legal grounds to try to challenge that again. I well, don't either, know. But an easement but, but for is a you, separate but,
2: right from the land itself. You know, it's a separate grant. Um, just like you can own land and not own the mineral rights. Right. You know, you, you can own land and not own the water. Right. But what These
0: I'm people. what I'm what I'm telling you is that this has been adjudicated in the courts and, and the court position is what it is. Now, the tribe may disagree and the tribe is welcome to, uh, you know, file suit or whatever. But the land you know, the, the, the ownership and, and the regulation of the land is where it is today. And the federal government issues the easement. Now, the energy transfer partners built this but, project but, but in opinion, accordance but, with with not not with with what you think the law ought to be or you think the disposition of the land ought to be or what the tribe thinks it ought to be they they built their project in accordance with what it is so I'm sorry you could be that can is make is you angry resolved,
2: and the Army Corps admitted well, it, it, it. it is it is government. it is, no, it is resolved is as far as That's it is of-
0: Marnie I'm sorry it is resolved as far as the courts are concerned so I don't know what other uh, common ground you and I could find more to come straight ahead. Going to have some news, then we'll be right back. It'll be open phones if you want to join in. 701-293-9000. 888-970-9329. No, go away. Welcome back. Rob Report 701-293-9000. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see. One uh, had a listener uh, come in, uh, says Angela, says, hey, uh Marnie your last caller is overlooking the fact that the treaty also says that the Native Americans aren't to oppose necessary infrastructure, trains, roads, etc. uh would the pipeline be classified as much. Well here here's the actual language uh, from the 1851 treaty uh, which I was looking up but I actually had another listener Carter email this to me um email this to me pre- preemptively. Uh he, here's the language. This is again from the 1851 Fort Laramie Treaty. Uh it says I quote uh, they withdraw all pretense, talking about the tribe, they withdraw all pretense of opposition to the construction of the railroad now being built along the Platte River and westward to the Pacific Ocean, and they will not in future object to the construction of railroads, wagon roads, mail stations, and and this is the important part, or other works of utility or necessity which may be ordered or permitted by the laws of the United States. Um So basically what it's saying is that even if we – and this was Marnie's argument – was that because of the 1851 Fort Laramie Treaties uh, – the, 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 there were two in the 19th century, 1851 and then one in the 1860s. I'm forgetting the exact date. Because of these treaties, uh, the the Great Sioux Nation uh, maintains rights to this land where the pipeline is being built today. Now, this is an argument that we've heard over and over again from the protesters. And like I said, it's been litigated. It went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court found that it was a taking by the federal government. The U.S. Supreme Court has decided that that land belongs to the federal government and that the federal government has to compensate the tribes for a, uh, for a taking. Now, the tribes have never taken that money. They, they still dispute it. But even if we set all that aside, even, even if we say, okay, none of that happened, and we say that the tribe does have this right t- to the land that per the treaty the treaty says that they have to accept i quote works of utility or necessity which may be ordered or permitted by the laws of the United States so if 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 the federal if federal law says you know we're building a pipeline here the tribe cannot object to it now the the the, the treaty actually sets out the manner in which the tribe can be compensated this for this again, if we're assuming that this is tribal land, uh, the, uh, the the president appoints uh, a panel of three quote disinterested commissioners. Uh, one of said uh, of, of said commissioners is to be uh, a chief of the tribe, and um, and basically these these people decide what the tribe should get from the federal government in exchange for building uh, this this project. So even if we went by the treaty the pipeline still gets built now we're not going by the treaty because again there's this long you know long long years of years worth of litigation which has established that that land is not the tribes anymore now i'm not saying that was the right outcome i'm not condoning it i'm not in any way disparaging or downplaying the mistreatment of the tribes by the federal government but that's where it stands today that's the law today, and I, I have a hard time blaming the pipeline company for building their project in accordance with the laws as they stand today. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Let's see. Jess asks, "Is there any chance that the that they denied the easement at this time just to get the pre- protesters to get out of here?" And um, I, I I think I think that may be a, a silver lining here. Uh, to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers not issuing the easement at this point. Maybe it gives the tribe a sense of victory. We now have Standing Rock uh, Chairman David Archambault asking non-SUE protesters to uh, to leave the area. Uh, he says their continued presence here could make the situation dangerous. That's an update. It's on SayAnythingBlog.com if you want to check that out. So that could be the silver lining. Now, to suggest that that was the calculation of the Obama administration, no. I I think the Obama administration uh very much very much does not want i i I think the obama administration is out just this is just vandalism on their part they're on their way out the door they hate pipelines and this is their way to just you know one last rock thrown at this situation before they leave office Uh, as we just heard from our guest in the first part of the hour former head of the pipeline and hazardous material safety administration this is probably something the president can just walk back Um, And and frankly, I I think we should get back to a situation where we don't have presidents and and politics dictating this sort of this sort of project. You know, Congress's job and the president's job are to create the policies by which we approve these projects. And then we should be handing this over to civil servants to just do their jobs and apply the law and not have the chief executive picking and choosing which sort of projects are going to go through. Let's see. Uh, Breaking news right now, though, by the way, even though uh, Chairman Archibald has asked non-Sue protesters to leave the area, that group of uh, veterans who have traveled to the area are are planning their their first march on the Backwater Bridge. I I hope everything stays peacefully. It it seems from reports out of Morton County, which, by the way, despite the the claims of some, I think has been doing a wonderful job, a very professional job, despite being put – in a truly horrendous situation, where the federal government is not is not supporting them, is not sending resources here to, to help them, despite the fact that protesters have begun uh, exercising political pressure on other states, sending personnel here to help us out. Uh, I think Morton County's done a wonderful job, uh, and it seems like we're we're getting some some cooperation. You know, over the weekend we got some reports where. Uh, you know, the law enforcement said that they were going to back away from the blockade on the bridge, as long as the protesters agreed not to break through the the, the blockade or or uh, try to get onto onto private property or U.S. Army Corps property. As long as they you know follow those parameters, law enforcement backed off the bridge, and they said the uh, latest uh, press releases from Sheriff Laney out there saying, essentially that you know they've been getting some cooperation from the tribe. That's a great development. And now it seems Chairman Arshambo wants the non Sioux protesters to go home. That's a great development. Maybe we could finally have some peace down in this area. Uh, And I hope hope the veterans who are marching on that bridge today, I hope they stay peaceful, uh, despite their earlier uh, statements about how law enforcement was the enemy. At this point, we just need some peace on this situation. Going to take another break. Board of cup straight ahead, 701-293-9000, 888 970 Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't no go away. Welcome back. Rob Report 701 293 You want to join the program. A few minutes left, 888-970-9329. Jay Thomas is going to be uh, on next broadcasting live from the uh, Ford Operating Base for Law Enforcement down there uh at the protest site even even as veterans are beginning uh, their march towards the backwater bridge so uh, this is going to be interesting I'll be on with him starting at 2:30 but stay uh stay tuned for that uh, and by the way uh, back to speaking about law enforcement the Fargo City Commission uh, is going to be taking up a discussion of of the costs of of Cass County's uh Cass County and and also why well, it's the, the Fargo City Commission so it's going to be the cost of um a Fargo City Police Department. I, 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 think the, the Cass County uh, Commission is, is talking about uh, taking this up as well. But, but the cost of having law enforcement over at the protest site. And, and boy, I, I tell you, I, I know there's, I know there's a cost of not having some of those officers in your community. Um, the state is picking up the actual cost of, of the overtime and, and the salaries and, and the travel expenses and all that stuff. Uh, the state's picking that up. But, but I realize, and that's, that's an okay thing for the city commission to discuss. What I'm worried about, though, is that they're going to arrive at at, at at the conclusion that they could somehow put a put a time limit on that that um, that assistance. And boy, I don't think we want to go down that road as 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 a state where you know we have one county, one one community, one region of our state that is suffering right now that has been put in a situation because of, of national politics and, and oil politics has been put in a situation where they have thousands of people uh, down there protesting, sometimes committing acts of violence, sometimes committing unlawful acts. Morton County does not have enough law enforcement officers to cover it. The North Dakota Highway Patrol does not have enough law enforcement officers to cover this, given the, uh, the, the scope where you have thousands of protesters, given the, the length of time that this has been going on. Uh, you know, Fargo and Cass County are our largest communities. It makes sense that, that they would have, you know, personnel that they could send over. Um, you know, it's, it's not. My advice to commissioners would be to tread carefully on this uh, because this should not be something that's been politicized. We have seen this in other states that, that have sent law enforcement to North Dakota to help out with this, where protesters have brought political pressure to bear uh, to not send law enforcement over here. Uh, if that's what's motivating this, then that is that is that is wrong, that is deplorable, and there's no excuses for it, because law and order is not on any one side of this. Law enforcement has not taken a side on on the pipeline. They have a duty to, to keep to keep the peace. They have a duty to enforce the law, and that's what they've been doing. So we're watching, city commission. I hope you make the right decision. More to come. Jay Thomas Show broadcasting live from the Dakota Access uh, Pipeline protests. That coming up next. You can catch me right here on The Rob Report, Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.